You are Locked On Blue Jays, your daily podcast on the Toronto Blue Jays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Blue Jays fans. Welcome to Locked On Blue Jays, your daily dose of Toronto Blue Jays talk directly into your ears. I'm Ryan Andrews, your host for another day in Blue Jays Nation. And I, I think I'm finally recovered from last night watching the end of that game. It, it's weird. It, it was like an afternoon game, but all I really wanted to do after seeing that was just go to bed and close the door on the day. Sadly, that was not an option for me. But that's going to be the main focus of today. The Blue Jays somehow turning a 5 nothing lead into a 7-6 loss against the Astros. And I want to I want to talk about the positive things first as usual from that game because we like positivity. We like to to accentuate the good in the world before we start getting into why everything sucks. So, let's start with the good. That five-run inning from the Blue Jays last night off Dallas Keuchel, like that is everything I want out of the Blue Jays offense. I don't need the sexy home runs. I need solid situational hitting. I need smart base running. I need guys who know what they want to do without just trying to hack away at the plate. And in the first inning yesterday, we got that. First four runners were all on base for the Blue Jays. That I can't remember when that has happened in an inning. So, and and all four of them came around to score. It it was piecemeal. It was a a pair of sack flies and a pair of singles, but all four runners came around to score. And again, it's not something I see very often from this Blue Jays team, and I got very excited that they they pounced on a weak starting pitcher and it's weird to call Dallas Keuchel a weak starting pitcher but he is in that weird valley that he's in these on again off again years that Dallas Keuchel had and the Blue Jays took full advantage in that first inning i also want to highlight some good work by some maligned blue jays let's start with Kevin Pillar who has been in such a swoon in the month of June. Had a three for four night yesterday. Two runs scored. They were all singles, so there there are no doubles for Kevin Pillar. But the fact that he was getting wood on the ball against Houston was was good to see. Will he be able to continue it? I'm not sure. It hasn't really shown the signs of it this month. But it's still a positive from Pillar. He might be able to get that OPS above 700 very soon again. Alemis Diaz had himself a good night at the plate. He went three for four. He had an RBI. Again, all singles, but I'm happy to get singles out of the bottom half of that lineup. I don't need guys swinging for the fences every time. I need guys who can get on base. And the Blue Jays haven't had anyone do that consistently since Kevin Pillar has fallen off a table. So to get a combined six for eight from Pilar and Diaz last night, that's great. I like that. I like that a lot. Also, I liked Randall Gritchick in the leadoff spot. Randall struck out twice, but he also got two hits. He got on base a pair of times. So 
he was a, he was setting things up for this blue. He got the offense going in that first inning with a solid double to lead off the game. I I'm all right with Randall Grichuk out there. I'm I'm happier having Grichuk as the leadoff man as opposed to Teoscar Hernandez, who, given the way he swings and and goes for power, he's de- I definitely prefer him in a five or six spot. The way Grichuk's been hitting this month since he's come back off the DL, he's had the contact. He has, he's had the best contact rate of anyone on the Blue Jays. So I actually like putting him up there so he gets more at-bats and gets more confidence and get gets to the point where he's hitting. I know everyone's going to look at, oh, he's a 200 leadoff. Ignore that. Just focus on June. June Grichuk is good. So I, I want to see it more often out of Grichuk because I think given his tools yeah yeah he's a power threat too but I think this version of Grichuk actually hits better than Hernandez when it comes to getting on base because like we'll, we'll talk about Teoscar in a sec but watching Grichuk in the past month I'm more than confident he's batting 286 that's a good leadoff average he's gotten on base of 337 not great. That, that's because he doesn't walk much. So I, I'm i more than happy to have Grichuk up there. I think that worked. And let's talk about some maligned arms in the bullpen that did very well. Aaron Loop needed nine pitches to get through his inning. He struck out two batters. That was amazing. That That's great from Aaron Loop. I was very happy to see that. And, and Joe Biagini right after him. Fifth straight scoreless outing for for Joe B. He's starting to work himself into that 2016 form. He only needed 11 pitches. Also got eight strikes. This this consistency out of those two will really help bridge the gap going ahead. It might earn Loop another one-year deal. Probably not. They probably go with Tim Mesa next year. Because I don't know what Loop would command on the open market. Probably wouldn't be much. Like, he could be in that $3 million range. I think the Blue Jays would bring him back at $3 million. Because if, if he continues to, to improve like this, he, Baseball Reference has him at a, at a zero war this year. So you can argue that you can find replacement lefties. Tim Meza can be that replacement lefty. But I'm... I'm willing to give Loop the rest of the year to prove himself. I'm not going to ship him off immediately and say, just write him off. I'm willing to give him that. So we can see what Aaron Loop has for the rest of the season. But yeah, I liked what both of them did last night. Now for the rest of the Blue Jays. I mentioned T. Oscar. Let's start with T. Oscar. Just ineffective aside from that walk he drew. He's, he struck out, he grounded into a double play, and it's it's been the worry with T. Oscar as well. Like he he will give you that power. He will he will connect on things, but when he misses, he misses in such a damaging way with a strikeout, with with a ground ball that's easily eaten up and turned into a double play. Him him and Travis, the two biggest plays of the night after that first inning were the double plays that both of them hit into. And it 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 didn't lose the game for the Blue Jays. You can argue that the game was lost for the Blue Jays in the first inning. And it was when they let Houston have that window. 
nine times out of ten, when a team scores five runs in the first inning, they're going to win the game. That's that's just what happens. But what the Blue Jays did in that first inning, and let's let's start with George Springer. George Springer was on a two-two count when he nicked Luke Maley. And now there's ruled interference on Luke Maley. Springer gets to go to first base. If Sp- if Maley doesn't reach out like that and Springer doesn't make contact with him, you can argue that it's a easy first inning for Marco Estrada. He got Bregman to pop out. He got Guriel to fly out. The walk well Tuve would have been inconsequential if they got Springer out. But because he kept going in there and Evan Gaddis got up and... Evan Gaddis, I I love the nickname El Oso Blanco, but I do not want to see Evan Gaddis for a while because he was brutal against the Blue Jays. It, you can argue it was a two-man offense, really, for Houston against Toronto this series. And we'll, we'll talk about the other guy in a sec. But you gave Gaddis a chance to get up there with ducks on the pond. And, of course, the Bears going to knock the ducks in. So two runs come in to score on that. Then Redick... Brings home Gaddis with a single. And again, you saw some aggressive base running from Houston there. Evan Gaddis should not be scoring from second on a single. But here we are. It happened. But instead of a 5-0 lead after one, it was 5-3. And you gave the Astros that lifeline. That that when, when you should have been there putting your foot down and just shutting any any chance that this was going to be their night. You gave Houston an open window. And Houston's one of the best teams in the league. Of course they're going to take advantage of an open window like that if you leave it open long enough. And they just kept pushing. Gaddis had another double. And that scored Alex Bregman. And oh my god, if I don't want to see Evan Gaddis anymore. I want Alex Bregman scrubbed from the earth. Because like every time... He, he got up, he would hit a double. There, I'm in a fantasy league that has a point system that's heavily skewed towards starting pitchers. Alex Bregman managed to outscore Max Scherzer in this series with his offensive output. That's how good he was against Toronto. He had like 37 points in my fantasy league. It was insane what Alex Bregman was able to do at will against this team and I don't I don't want to see Alex Bregman for an even longer time than I want to see Evan Gaddis because at least Evan Gaddis has the nickname Alex Bregman has nothing but pain in what he did to the Blue Jays he went he went nine for 15 sorry nine for 14 He had 15 plate appearances, 14 at-bats. He went 9 for 14 in that series, scored five runs, drove in five runs, and had the the game-winning homer off of Ryan Tapera last night. And I I don't know what Tapera's strategy was there. He he got ahead of Bregman quickly, went 0-2. I guess he wanted to put him away with Tony Kemp on second, but just serving up that high fastball to Bregman was, it was not high enough to be like Tyler Clippert effective where it's completely out of the zone. 
and Bregman just whacked it, and there's there's nothing really you can do. When you leave a fastball up like that, of course it's going to go out. And with it went the chances of a Blue Jays series win against Houston. So what does that mean going ahead in this season? We'll talk about it right after this. So we're officially at the midway point of the season. 81 games are in the books for the 2018 Toronto Blue Jays. And let's take it in context of the of that 3-4 road trip they they just went on because it was a good microcosm of the Blue Jays season. They they can do good things. They they can show how effective they can be. They can they can get defense in in tight spots. They can chase really good pitchers out of the game but the just the lack of consistency across the board with this team has has doomed them to put themselves in precarious spots where they can easily lose games if one thing doesn't go right and we've seen that every night with the blue jays where where they'll have one thing go wrong they'll have they'll have one bad inning from a starter they'll have one reliever who can't keep the ball in the park they'll they'll have one guy who can't have a good night at the plate and and causes more outs than he has at bats it's just continuous with this blue jays team and i think they know it because ross atkins came out on mlb radio today and said as much they have they have to keep the future in mind they have to think about how they're going to overcome the yankees and overcome the red sox and and actually make that consistent that they can do so and i i agree with that they they need to be able to build up what they have to get to the point where they can compete and and bring up guys on the regular the way the yankees have been able to do because that's the way you maintain a sustainable contender there's a reason why teams like the yankees and the red sox continuously contend Whereas teams like the Marlins and the Royals, they they have glimpses of brilliance, but then they immediately crash. The Blue Jays want to build that model like New York, like Cleveland, like Houston may be on the path right now, the way they've been going. So to do that, they need to continuously bring bring these guys up and augment that system, especially in years when it looks like there is no chance of it happening. So Atkins was was pretty flat out. Like anyone who's on a, a one-year deal, they're an interesting piece for someone else who finds them attractive. They they could look at moving other guys who are on longer deals if they think the window is further away than they thought. And at, at the midway point of the season, I think that's entirely accurate and that's what the Blue Jays should be doing. They should be focusing on getting more of these guys up that may be able to have impacts when the team is supposed to be good. And, and they're, they're starting to move more guys up. Uh, it was announced today. John Harris was getting promoted from New Hampshire to Buffalo to take over in triple a. And that could be a sign that they want him ready because there are going to be triple a starters that come up when the blue Jays start dealing uh, Chris Rowley last night 
pitched eight innings of one run ball for Buffalo. He had a look last year. He's he's been good. He's been on par with Ryan Barucki this year in Buffalo. He's a guy who could get another look at the major league level and come back up. Uh, Thomas Pannone is back in the system after serving his suspension. He went four innings last night for New Hampshire. It was all right. But that's what the Blue Jays are going to start doing. They're going to start bringing up more guys like Barucki. They're going to start seeing what they have in these younger guys and if they can stick around and be pieces that they can use, not just that look good to other teams, that they can use to be contenders. And that's going to be the goal of this year, and it's probably going to be the goal of next year too. So we'll see how many current Blue Jays are going to stick around for that, but I don't think it's going to be a high number. This is a this is a team that is going to sell and sell hard at the deadline, and you could see a 20% roster turnover from the 25-man roster if if they get enough good deals. That means Jay Happ, that means Marco Estrada, means Steve Pierce, means Curtis Granderson, possibly Ryan Tapera. So it's going to be a very different Blue Jays team from the one that fans have become accustomed to see this season. And I'm I'm all for it. I I want this team to get better. I want to add pieces. I want like Steven Brown said on the podcast, I want them to turn the Yankees, sell them a piece, and then turn to the Red Sox and sell them a piece and take those pieces back. This is where the scouting is vital for the Blue Jays. They need to be able to identify players that they can get like they did. Like Cleveland, they had the advantage because Ross Atkins, Mark Shapiro, they drafted most of those guys. So they knew Thomas Pannone was was a diamond in the rough. They knew Samad Taylor was going to be a, a guy who they could get and maybe stash and see what he can do at, at high A. So, so that that's where where I'm at midseason with this Blue Jays team. And I want to know what you guys think because tomorrow is Fan Friday. I know there's not a game today, so I want to know what, what your take is. What grade do you give this season in relation to what you expected, and how do you see the Blue Jays moving forward? I'll, I'll put a tweet out about it to give you guys a, a conduit to respond to, but I want to know what you think. Cause that, that'll probably be what we talk about tomorrow moving forward with the rest of the season. So I want to give you all a chance to answer to that. And I want to thank you all again for tuning in to another episode of locked on blue Jays. It means the world to me. You can follow it on Twitter at locked on Jays. You can follow me on Twitter at NeoAC18. It's NeoAC18. I will be on, you know, wandering the baseball landscape looking for games. I ended up watching Arizona and Miami last night. It's a pretty good pitching matchup. So, like, Wei-Yin Chen was all right for Miami. It was it was nice to see him somewhat effective again. But he just he just ran into a buzzsaw in, uh, in Robbie Ray. And I got to see... Yoshi Hirano, who might be one of my favorite relievers in the game. So shout, shout out Arizona. I like Arizona. They're they're probably my National League team. So I I root for the Diamondbacks there. But yeah, I'm rambling, so I'm going to end it. Again, thank you so much to everyone for listening. We'll do it again tomorrow. This has been your host, Ryan Andrews. Thank you so much. And y'all take care.